Shit, man, I got a bus to catch this morning. I got a flight to catch today. It's 6.48. I got to catch the bus in two hours, and I'm just starting a podcast. Do we think we can get a podcast recorded and everything showered, packed, ready to go? I don't know, but Merry Christmas Eve to you all. And hey, 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 it's the big motherfucking baby. I don't know what the fuck that was. I just wanted to do something a little bit different today. But I'm back on the podcast, baby. I know it's been a little minute. I, I'm just going to just pretty much say, hey, I'm going to be recording like every 10 days. Uh, because the, the week thing just isn't working for me. I'm not going to do it, record every two weeks, I don't think. Um, but, yeah, I got a lot of new heat coming for, for you. Um, I'm going home today. Today is Christmas Eve. This should be out before the day is over. So, yeah, I'm going to be headed to the Ville. What's, what's happening? And I can't wait to get back to see my people. Big V, I'm going to pull up on you, Dino. Shaw, the family, you know all of that. Big Sally, stay up. I shouldn't have said stay up. It ain't like he locked up, motherfucker. Big Sally, I see you want to see you, big dog. But yeah, I got a lot of um, a lot of familiar uh, voices going to be coming back. Um, some new voices, but I'm really excited about what about what we have uh, coming uh, coming up to close out 2019, going into 2020. Y'all know how I feel about New Year's resolutions. Fuck your New Year's resolution. Just in case I don't get that out before uh, New Year's. Or maybe I put it out at New Year's. We'll see. But fuck your resolution. Understand, if you're not changing your, your patterns, if you're not changing your, your thought process, if you're not changing the process in which you're uh, trying to execute your goals, you're not going to succeed in your New Year's resolution. And if it's going to take a new year for you to make a change, it's probably not a lasting change. When you decide to make those changes, you should just make those changes when you're ready to make the motherfucking change. And the year should not do that. But anyways, speaking of changes made, we got, um, I got the sage burning in here, you know, got to get the toxic energy out. You know, it, I just, it's just hard to pod. It's hard to pod with these toxic vibes floating around in the room. So, here's the thing, though. So, you sage burners, I just want to let some of y'all know, you are the bad energy. And you need to stop burning sage. You need to start burning yourself. You you hear me? Because uh, sometimes you get focused on the external and all these other things that are happening bad. You're looking at the result. But you're not taking a close enough look at the process, right? Because, see, you're not, the the, the people around you are not the problem all the time. Sometimes it is you. Sometimes you are the bad energy. And instead of saying, oh, in 2020, we're going to burn this sage. We're going to get right. Man, here's what the fuck you do. Before 2020 starts, start burning yourself because you are the bad energy. And we need to get your ass out the motherfucking room. All right. That's just a little bit, a little bit. So I was at the bar Saturday or not Saturday. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was at the bar Saturday, but that's not today I'm talking about. I was at the bar another day and I found this new spot where I'm where I'm becoming like a a, a regular at, you know, getting to know the, 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 the staff there, getting to know some of the other regulars there. So I'm sitting there talking to my guy, Adam. And um, I'm telling a story about God knows what because, you know, I'm sitting at a bar, which means I'm probably sitting there with my headphones in and or telling a story, headphones out, telling story. So I'm telling them the story and I take one of my pauses and he goes, are you a comedian? 
And I'm like, absolutely, you goddamn right, I'm a goddamn comedian. No. I was like, um, something like that, I want to be one, but, you know, kind of scared to step out there. And he was like, I can tell. And I was like, oh, you must study comedy because, like, I wouldn't even tell him no funny-ass story or anything. He was just like, yeah, just the way you formulate your sentences and the way you have, like, um, you, you, you have pauses and then you, you give a second and then you start speaking and stuff. It was like, I can kind of tell. I was like, oh, motherfucker, that's dope as shit. I guess that tells you some of my uh, hard work is 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 working. But anyways, so we get to talking. I just start telling him some stories. I'm like, dog, I just can't write the punchlines, man. Like I can tell, I can I can set you up, baby. I just can't goddamn finish the drill. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can finish in other ways though, so don't get it twisted now. But anyways, so he was like, yeah, man, you gotta find a punchline. Like you didn't gave me like 30 minutes of material, funny fucking stories, but. You got to find a punchline. So, in 2020, I'm looking for the punchline. And hopefully I can find that punchline before the end of January. <laughs> and maybe beginning of February because I do want to go get up on stage and do five little ten minutes at an amateur night to start working out. Uh, because, I mean, I be putting shit on the podcast all the time. But I think I should start, like, trying to put these jokes in front of a different crowd, you know. Um, you know, get my followers up. I can bring them to the pod and educate them with this knowledge. Uh, what else we got going on? So, man, I had this, like, nasty opening that I wrote for y'all, like, earlier in the week or last week or sometime before I did this podcast today. And it was, like, talking about the importance of, like, free thought. You know, the shit I always be talking about and, like, how partisan politics are killing America. And I was, uh, man, I started trying to record that shit. I was like, scratch, new topic. I lost them because I lost myself. When I was trying to read that goddamn shit, I ain't gonna lie to you, you know, I, I got it somewhere on the docket. Oh, let me tell y'all something. Yeah, I'm all over the place today. Well, I need a co-host to rein me in. But nah, um, shit. The whole preview section that I, that I, that I did on the last one, uh, we, we gonna scrap that. We gonna scrap that one. Uh, I don't think that one's gonna be it. Cause uh, I be changing my mind, and most of those previews I actually want to like write for stand up bits. I don't necessarily think that I'm gonna use them for podcast material. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, shit, man. Since my um, we ain't gonna do first words no more. We're gonna call it the warm up. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, like when you ready to cook, you gotta warm up the grease before you know what I'm saying before it get hot. Now, once the grease is hot, that's when we cooking. And y'all going to know on the podcast when the grease get hot. Because then that's when the big baby going to be cooking. You know, it's about midways through, somewhere about the 35-minute mark. Usually where I get to, God damn you know, I be getting excited talking about some of these topics. But, um, so, an interesting thing that I that I, I saw, and I, and I did listen to the full interview because I didn't feel like it, okay? <laughs> I thought about giving y'all some detailed explanation, but I didn't feel like listening to it. Uh, Three Stacks is sitting down with somebody, talking about whatever. He's talking about music and stuff like that, and like his career, and like, you know, just some of the issues that I guess he's ran into, like post-Outcast, post-his-solo career. Now, and talking about, he's talking about how he lost his confidence, and you know, on the outside, you think about it, like, how the hell could Andre 3000 ever lose his confidence? Like, he has a diamond song. <laughs> you know, when he comes out, 
on a feature, we're always anticipating what is three stacks gonna say. Oh yeah, I gotta hear y'all hear that new three stacks verse. We always be like, hey, when three like when Outcast gonna get back together, when three stacks gonna drop an album. But when you but the, so the thing about him not having confidence is absolutely fucking crazy. But what it tells me is you have to constantly develop your craft. Like you have to work, you have to be in the lab as often as possible but you also have to put shit out like you can't just be in the lab just working 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 because if you're in the lab just working 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 you get lost in your own thoughts you you get to you, you get used to hearing what you hear but you don't actually get recept feedback from what you're putting out so i say this to people who have like talents Make sure you're using your talents, but also make sure you're putting yourself in a position to be evaluated on your talent so you can get so that you can get feedback so that you know whether or not, oh, people want to hear what I'm talking about. People want to consume what I'm putting out. You know, like that's important because if if your opinion is the only opinion that you're hearing, you're only thinking, well, maybe this is good and it's terrible or maybe this is terrible and it's actually really good. You never know. So. To build your confidence, don't be afraid to make that leap of faith. Again, why I got to stop bullshitting on this stand-up shit because I can't be telling y'all to take that leap of faith. And it's like, motherfucker, when you going to take your leap of faith? Telling us to take your leap of faith. You out here playing safe and shit. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) that was one thing. And, And, you know, isolation is really a dangerous place. Like, and... And I'm a person who spends a lot of time alone. Like, I like to be alone. Uh, This is how I recharge. Um, I get a lot of material alone. Even when I'm out in public, a lot of times I'm out in public. But I like to be alone amongst people. But one of the issues you run into is you get in your own way. Because you only have your thoughts. And getting stuck in your thoughts is a scary place to be. And you forget how much people value you. How much people care about you. Because you're stuck by yourself in your own thoughts, in your world. And the world is much bigger than our own world. And I think some of Andre 3000's uh, isolation, again, is why he's afraid to put out music, his own music. And just doing features, you know, it's a little bit different because, you know, you're not creating necessarily creating a song. You're just adding to it. But like to actually get in there and be creative. And again, I'm saying a lot of the stuff about... Uh, Andre 3000 off of some quotes and it's, and it's less about him but it's more about when you have a talent you have to constantly cultivate your talent the old saying goes if you don't use it then you'll lose it right so I just think it's really really important that we cultivate our talents and we put them out there for, for, for the others for others to, to consume because our talents aren't just for us. They're to make the world a better, more functional place. Um, you know, in the spirit of Christmas, I hope you all um, are with your families celebrating the holidays in the, the way that you see fit. Uh, I'm really looking forward to spending uh, Christmas time with my family to catch up with them. Haven't seen them, shit, some in a year or or years some change, others six months, others more. But nonetheless, like to be around those those loved ones and also celebrate the uh, birth of uh, Jesus Christ because, um, you know, I'm a Christian. 
So, uh, yeah, this Christmas thing is kind of important to us um, in the in the study, in the in the in the you know, the following. Ah, you know, Oprah look like she's striking again. And and, and, asked, and I asked the question, why does Oprah seem to only attack black men? Um, you know, I, I find it, I find it odd that, you know, she stood, she stood behind some people, you know, some, some Hollywood executives, uh, some rich billionaires who, who may work in other jobs now that are, you know, very powerful and may not, you know, they may not have been qualified for, I don't know, you know, they met the age requirement for the job of 35, but but it seems that Oprah has gone on the attack of black men. Um, she went after Michael Jackson. She's uh, apparently put out a documentary about uh, Russell Simmons. Um, her, her her friend Gail, her best friend Gail, went after R. Kelly. And, and, and people are, are saying, well, how come you didn't go after Weinstein? How come you didn't go after some of these other people? And, I mean, that's a good question. For one, I mean, she can't go after everybody. That's one thing. Two, um, just because you have a race agenda that you're trying to push does not mean people should be absolved of their sexual misconduct or their nasty sex shit or their creep-ass motherfucking shit that they shouldn't be doing. Stuff like that, all right? I want to put all of this out here first because I think that's very important. Like, I don't care if you're black, white, purple. I don't care if you're my best friend. If you are a sexual predator... Then, like you need to be, you need to be dealt with um, accordingly. But I do find it ironic that Oprah, the voice of the black woman, y'all swear she's y'all voice, even though she's a billionaire and shit, and she ain't got no kids and she ain't been married. But y'all, she's the y'all's voice, right? Um, it goes after these black men, and it. It just makes me wonder, like, a lot of different stuff. Like, does she, ha does she have something against black men? I mean, she, she hasn't been married. Yeah, we, we know the rumors of her dating Stedman. Uh, or we know that she's dated Stedman. But we don't know what that relationship is. And and not to, 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 to judge it, but, like, does she have a vendetta against black men? Does something in her past possibly lead her down this road has she been scorned by, by black men has she been abused by black men or is it coincidental um you know because I, I find it odd that one of the strong black figures ever especially in 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 her realm is going after other big bigger than life black figures you know going after Michael Jackson, and he's dead, you know, I mean, that's nasty enough, but to go after him, with him already beating the the, the, the cases, the R. Kelly thing, like, I, again, I don't know, I don't know, I, I mean, I think R. Kelly's a sick-ass motherfucker, but I just don't see the same light being cast on those other people, so, instead of me just saying, fuck Oprah, which is what I normally like to say, uh, in situations like this, I kind of want to get an understanding. Like, is this like, is it coincidental, or is, or are you trying to highlight black people to black people, right, as a lesson to black people? 
Like, what is your intent? Because as a black man, I am confused. Like, I think that you have a vendetta against black men, and I think it's unhealthy um, for you to be spewing that. And you have so much influence that, um, you know, it's it's scary. But look, think what you think about Oprah. Uh, More to see, but you know how I feel, man. Fuck Oprah. Although I wouldn't mind getting a better understanding of where she is coming from. So, on the in, in, in the in the realm of Oprah, it this takes me to SNL. Um, you know, Bill Cosby, not Bill Cosby. <laughs> Eddie Murphy made his return to SNL after like 35 years and he hosted and he had a pretty I enjoyed the uh, the sketches. I really enjoyed his monologue and I saw I saw a post about him making a taking a shot at Bill Cosby, and pretty much somebody saying like he he was he was sent there to say that to cover up white Hollywood to be to to put down a black man all of this other stuff right, and, and, and y'all know how I am about some of these conspiracy theories of 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 people's placement in the world, and they're placed in places at a certain time by certain people in order to get out a certain message. I, I believe that happens at times, but. If you don't know the history of Eddie Murphy and Bill Cosby, then 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 you would think that. I think that anybody who is familiar with their history would know that Eddie Murphy is going public and has the opportunity to take a shot at a motherfucker who shit on him and this motherfucker's at his lowest of lows. You goddamn right he's going to do it. Because when Eddie was coming up as a comedian... Bill didn't like the way he did his he didn't like his com- his comedy, you know. Like if you've seen uh, Raw, he talks about this filth, flying filth. You know what I'm saying? And his son Ennis, well, no, my, my son Ennis. I oh, that was Mr. Burns' voice. Sorry, I can't I can't get that voice I can't get that voice off today. But his son Ennis went to the Eddie Murphy show and saw all the shit. And Eddie Murphy talking about my dick, my, pull up my dick, blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Like that. And he he put he put it in stand up in the 80s. And so, if you look at the way Eddie Murphy has carried himself, some of the roles he's played, and the life he's led, and then you look at how Bill Cosby has pretty much shit on young black thought, hip-hop culture, for better or for worse, whatever. Like, if you understand that, then you know that when he makes his first public statement, he gets the opportunity to do some of his old material, like these is old material, these are old jokes that if you're an Eddie Murphy fan, you get it, you love, you like, ha 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 ha, that nigga is funny, and he takes a shot at Bill Cosby. It is what it is. It's comedy. Um, but it was also nice to see that black excellence on on, on the stage. I really enjoyed enjoyed seeing uh, Eddie Murphy with with Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. And 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 Keenan Thompson, because I don't think we give Keenan enough credit for what what he is. Um, no, he hasn't been a great solo actor. No, he's not like the best to ever be on SNL. But to be the staple that he's been uh, on SNL for as many seasons as he has, and maintaining like relevance, and he's he's been relevant in my life, my entire life, from Keenan and Kill, all that to SNL and I just think for him to be on that same stage with Eddie with 
with um, Chappelle with Chris Rock. Uh, I just thought that was absolutely amazing and absolutely beautiful. So much love to them. Uh, what we got next? What we got next? Oh boy, I have so many questions for y'all today. Like, I don't think the question session will ever, 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 ever go this long. But I got so many questions, and 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 some of them are just gonna be one, the one-liner questions. Others, I'm gonna like talk about them. First one: Why Amanda Seals? <laughs> You know, anytime I get some uh, opportunity to talk to Amanda Seals, you know, I'm going to have to talk to the young queen, even if she ain't listening. But um, I don't know if y'all saw her, like, eight-minute-long rant about uh, Kim Kardashian uh, using uh, the bronzer and looking a little bit darker, looking to have some uh, features of black women in her photo shoot. You know, the Armenian woman with the fat ass, you know, who, who, who's, who's had her lips Injected a little bit, had her, her her face structured a little bit, you know. The one who dates black men took on the features of black women. Yeah, that lady. I don't understand what the fuck you mad about, Amanda. Um, she's she's being who she is, and, and you know that. But you want clout, so I assume that's why you you get on there and you get fake mad. Um, I don't understand. Um, well, I think my biggest issue was you saying that people who don't have an issue with that don't love themselves. And I just think general generalizations like that are just so fucking toxic. <laughs> Good word for you there, Amanda. But um, it, just to say that because somebody lacks your, your point of view, they don't love themselves is crazy. Like, it, it's okay to say, hey, I think that you should feel this way based on your upbringing. Like, if you are African American, you should feel this way about a topic. Whatever. But to say that somebody doesn't love themselves because they don't share the same views that you have on a topic is absolutely ignorant. And there's no place for that, which is why there's no place for Amanda Seals. Let's cancel Amanda Seals, please. But, uh, you know, whatever. Yo, why JR wife uh, praying on Instagram and they separated? Is it cheating if you separated? How long you got to wait to move on if you separated? What if you separated and they don't sign the divorce papers? Just throwing that shit out there. Why ASAP mad his stroke game uh, suffered? Who gives a fuck? No need to respond to that shit. How do you pop it off in the DMs if you ain't responding to one of their stories? Like, what do you what do you say? You know. At what point do you buy Christmas gifts for a bitch? Why do y'all bitches post every picture that Beyonce posts of herself? Like, like, like we didn't see the shit. Yes, bitch. Yes, Beyonce. Queen Slay. Uh, yeah, shut the fuck up. Why that little girl in the Bronx think kidnapping herself will work? What does the look mean when you cuffed? Why Nick Cannon and Eminem beefing over a bitch they ain't got no more? Why does Boosie give interviews? Why don't Lady Gaga take baths? That's nasty. Why does Joel and B shoot threes? 
Why don't Ben Simmons shoot threes? Why the fuck was John Legend and Chrissy Teigen rolling around on the floor at Chris Jenner's house? And why was she recording? What was them freaks doing? Is that one of those nasty sex parties? Can I come to the next one? Did y'all know about fee pages? Yo, I had no fucking idea these shits existed. Like, I was on the, on the phone. Somebody was like, yeah, I need to go add some shit to my fee page. I'm like, your fee page? I'm like, yeah, I got an IG fee page. IG feed page, like motherfuckers, like go look at your feet on on the Instagram page. And I'm a foot man. I love a nice pair of feet. I, let me tell you, love them to death. It's in my top five of things I look at. It's goddamn feet. But I had no motherfucking idea that motherfuckers had IG feed pages. And, and be finding sugar daddies off this. You sick nasty men. How the hell? How the hell are you on here finding a sugar baby and you ain't even gonna see her face or her body looking at her feet? That's nasty. I'm a feet man like no other. Type of nigga that suck feet on the first date. But goddamn it, you gotta have a face to go with them feet. Ain't nobody fall in love with just some goddamn foots. But I digress. I just want to throw this out there, dog. You cannot uh, DM a chick. You can't hit her up on a date now. You can't like her post if you can't shoot at her in public. All right. Um, so, full disclosure. I saw a motherfucker one day. I wanted to shoot. Didn't take my shot. Uh, just didn't take my shot. Didn't take my shot. Didn't take my shot. Didn't take my shot. Then I was like, I want this motherfucker on Instagram. No. I couldn't do it. I'm like, what do I look like? What kind of weak-ass, suck-ass nigga do I look like who could not shoot my shot in person but wants to shoot my shot in DMs? No, absolutely not. It's one thing if you miss an opportunity. It's a whole other thing when you have the opportunity and you fail to take that opportunity. So if you do not take the opportunity to shoot your shot in public, you do not deserve to get your shot off in the DMs. Even if you make it, it's like hitting a three Backboard, I mean, yeah, you get the points. But that ain't cool. It's like playing off-ball defense in 2K. Come on, my nigga. You, bro, you really play off-ball defense right now? Get the fuck out of here. Like, like, stop. Stop. You know what I'm saying? It was like playing playing with the Warriors when they had KD. Like, really, bro, you really going to play me with the Warriors? For real, dog? And you going to play off-ball defense? Oh, come on, nigga, you pussy. Um, that's that though. See, I still look at that. I can't find a punchline. I couldn't even end the segment right. Like, maybe I'm gonna be the cliffhanger comedian. <laughs> I'm still looking for the punchline. What else we got going on, man? Oh boy, you gotta know your. You have to know your standards. All right. You have to understand that. Look, cause look, man, I've been seeing all these these posts. You know, it's Christmas time. Oh yeah, you know it's Christmas time. Shit, nigga, I'm happy. I'm single. My bank account I already knew. Look, your bank account had nothing to do with you being single. <laughs> and then you see the people, they be shitting on people like, oh, you know, people stay in my DMs and I be like, skirt. All right, now you're going to keep skirt, skirt, and your ass going to be skirt. 
hell, you better goddamn you you got you got to know you got to know your range, right? You have to your standards have to match what you got to offer. Your standards have to match your options, okay? You just can't be out here saying, oh, we fuck dimes with six-figure jobs and foreign cars. All right. Have you ever done that before? No, you haven't done that? So it means your standards too high, mister. Or if you a girl like, oh, yeah, I stay curving these niggas. Yeah. But do the niggas you want, won't you? Because you can stay curving niggas all day. Your curve game can be immaculate. But if you getting curved by niggas you actually want, it don't mean shit. Motherfucker, you getting curved too. You, the, the, the point is, you can't outkick your coverage. You know what I'm saying? Like, who cares if you can punt that bitch 70 yards? If the coverage team can't get down there, and the motherfucker goddamn done got 30 yards by the time they got there. You can't go bell hunting with a BB gun. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't, you can't goddamn, you can't goddamn <laughs> catch a marlin with a middle. You know what I'm saying? You got to pull out the heavy duty equipment. If you ain't got the heavy duty equipment, you ain't got, you can, shit, you go shoot, you go shoot your shot with a BB gun if you want to. That bell going to keep moving. ain't even going to feel that shit. Pow, whatever. Get off me. Um, yeah, burn the sage. Burn yourself, not the sage. Burn yourself, not the sage. Um, I still don't understand J.R. Smith's wife. Um, I, I just want to, yeah. And I'm going to take it off of his wife because that's his wife, even though they separated. Separated, we can't stand one another. Mm-hmm. But nah, um, just the idea of taking your relationship to social media. Where, where, where is that line at? I don't know, cause I'm single as fuck. Hey, I'm single, dog. But anyways, um, like I don't know where, where, like, where do you draw that line of, of uh, I'm keeping my shit private versus I'm keeping my shit on, on, on social media? Because I think like going to social media for a prayer, like, what, 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 what are you looking for? Are you looking for people to pray for you? Are you looking for attention? Is this like a last ditch effort to make your your significant other feel bad? By like you know doing something that they probably would not agree with. Well, some will say, "Oh, he was on he was on live with with old girl dog." Oh, okay, man. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you if that's what you're looking for, you putting two and two together. But if again, if he's separated and actively dating somebody, then uh, his wife knows what's up. I just think it's crazy to. Uh, I think it's crazy to take things like that to social media if it has not been settled privately. That's me. Now, some people may say private action. I mean, public actions deserve public, uh, um, public responses, public po- apologies. Maybe so, but you don't mend those fences publicly. Like you have to have time in private in order to properly mend those fences. And I think that's the most important part of the whole thing. But what the fuck do I know? I'm just a big motherfucking baby looking for the punchline. Um. All right. So. Headed to sports now. I'm starting to believe that the quarterback room is going to become the basketball court. If you look at the four to six Pro Bowl quarterbacks, you got Lamar, Deshaun, Patty Mahomes, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, four of the six, and there was and there could have been an argument for Dak Prescott. They didn't win enough games, so that could have been five of six uh, 
Pro Bowl quarterbacks, black quarterbacks. Um, when I talked about it with the with the fall off the offensive lines, the less amount of uh, development that they're getting, the the college schemes seeping over to the NFL. I really think that the quarterback room is going to look like the basketball court. Um, it's a total paradigm shift, and if you look at the top teams, the top teams have mobile quarterbacks, and this is a skill that is not just a black quarterback skill, but it is, you know, we're a bit more elusive, a little agile, athletic, so to speak, uh, than some of our counterparts, and this is, you know, finally playing out, and, 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 uh, the quarterback thing. I just think it's um I think that it's it's gonna be interesting to watch because there's no history on this. On uh, these types of athletes playing at a high level and getting the full lifetime commitment to playing quarterback. So it's odd because, you know, as they, they always say, Oh, that, that that won't work in the pros, that won't work in the pros. Lamar Jackson is putting up the same numbers that he got his Heisman trophy on that he's about to get his MVP with. Around about 3,500 passing yards, 1,300 rushing yards. Around about that. 40 40, uh, total touchdowns. Yeah. But it didn't work. Oh, running quarterbacks won't work. Oh, this, bro, it works. When you have the best of the best executing, it works. You, you, it's, and I, I just, I'm just happy to see the, the, the ship. They're having a football. But the, the detractors are, are cool because you have your Bill Polings in the world. You got Godley's of the world. Eric Mangini's who like, who, they don't hate. I don't know. It just they, they, they just be hating on shit because they don't like it. It's like, look, bro, you don't have to like it. If it's working, it's working. Well, it may not work long term. Bro, a lot of the stuff that we've done in sports traditionally don't work long term. It's just what we're comfortable doing. This shit don't work. Like, like the Browns have sucked for a long time. Some things just don't work. And then some you talk about disability. Yeah, durability, that is an issue. But, again, like, we don't have a long history of it. And I think some of the durability thing is getting, is like, is a little bit different when you're dealing with a Patrick Mahomes type, a Russell Wilson type, even a Lamar Jackson type who's put on more weight. These quarterbacks are big. They can take hits. Running backs can take hits. DBs can take hits. Receivers can take hits. Quarterbacks can take hits when they're actually lifting weights, when they are when they are preparing their bodies for that. A lot of quarterbacks don't prepare their bodies for a lot of contact, which is why they aren't as receptive to contact. But again, we need more time to, to see these, these different case studies work out, uh, especially with Lamar because he's built like a running back. I mean, he's 6'2". He's about 225 now. Like and he's not taking he's not taking a lot of hit he doesn't take a lot of hits and some of the hits he's taking is hardening his body like he's 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 used to being hit uh, because he's been running his whole life let me see running on the football field his whole life not actually physically running oh I gotta hurry up I gotta leave in thirty minutes all right next thing I want to do is are my least favorite sports uh personalities uh and I'm gonna go from five to one uh, in this order number five is Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, you fucking suck. 
Your takes are awful. You say things just to get make a fucking headline, or you hate on players who you played against. Because yeah, I, I support your confidence. I love it, but you just weren't as good as they were. Uh, oh yeah, I'm shoot better than Clay Thompson. No the fuck you can't. Oh, I was better than LeBron. No, no the fuck you weren't. All right, Paul Pierce, you were really good uh, as a player, but you were lazy and out of shape, and that's what your analysis is. I stole that from somebody, by the way. But yeah, shout out to you, Najee. Uh, Will Kane. You just sound like your your typical run of the mill, uh, privileged Texas boy. Them boys better be happy to play for these Cowboys. goddammit. it! I'm like Will Kane, sh- show some empathy. You know, you know, just think about some things that may not affect you. Uh, shout out to e- to you for getting an ESPN show, but I don't want I don't want to hear that shit. Fuck out of here. Number three, Jason Titlock, Titty Boy. You know, I don't like Jason Whitlock because, I mean, he's really good at what he does. Thought-provoking as hell. He makes you feel when he speaks. But I just feel like he has an agenda against uh, successful black athletes. Um, And even sometimes I agree with some of the stuff that he says. I just think those are conversations to be had in private with those individuals themselves, not necessarily conversations for the masses. Uh, I think those are conversations to be had in certain settings, not necessarily in front of the entire world because everybody does not understand the nuance of those conversations and you could be spreading energy, you could be spreading information, misinformation that people take the wrong way because they don't understand what you're getting at. Uh, number two as a tie, we have Molly Quirum, Quirum and Jenna Wolf. And mainly because they are a host of shows who want to be contributors. Look, we don't watch the show to hear your fucking take on anything. And, and, and don't come at me because they're fucking women. No, I don't give a fuck what your gender is, what your sex is, whatever the fuck you are. What I do care is about, I don't go to the show for the host. I don't care what the hosts have to say. I want to know what the contributors have to say. I want to hear Skip and Shannon. I don't come to hear uh, Jenny. She does great, though. When I watch First Things First, I hear Nick Wright and I used to hear Chris Carter, bring back Chris Carter. Um, I don't want to hear General Wolf. General Wolf always got something to say. Hey, General Wolf, shut the fuck up. Didn't nobody ask for your two cents. Nobody. None of the listeners. Unless it's your family. And, and, and don't, don't, don't nobody watch and hear what the fuck General Wolf got to say. Molly, you always want to. Well, Max, I think. Well, look, look, Jen, M- Molly. What the fuck you do? You go tell Jalen what you think because the rest of us don't give a damn what you think. All right? And this shit about LeBron and Kawhi having a rivalry is bullshit. Sorry. Lastly, Doug motherfucking Gottlieb, the biggest hater in the game. He just be throwing shit up against the wall. Like, Gottlieb, you don't believe that shit. LeBron James is number 10 overall. Like, shut the fuck up, Doug Gottlieb. When Andrew Luck quit, oh, this is the most millennial thing. But The man can retire whenever the hell he wants to retire. If he tired of rehabbing, if his body don't feel good no more, get the fuck out of here. Doug Gottlieb makes me sick. He just say shit to piss people off. He don't even believe half the shit he say. All right, my honorable mention, Ron Hollins. He just say dumb shit, but like he don't be on enough for me to give a fuck. Colin Cowherd, who's one of my favorites, uh, with an asterisk, is when he decides to hate on somebody, he just like runs it into the ground. Like, yo, I get it. You don't like Cam Newton's game. You don't like Russell Westbrook's game. Okay. Baker gets on your nerves. I got it. I got it. Oh, God, you love Sam. Oh, yeah, he loves you, too. Oh, you love Sam Darnold. Oh, you love Andrew Luck. Okay, we got it, Colin. Shut the fuck up. Eric Mangini, he just be hating on anything innovative. It's like, yo, Mangini, your players ain't even like the way you goddamn, you goddamn, uh, 
you ran your shit like you made niggas hate football, including Joe Thomas, who knows nothing about winning culture, but neither here nor there. Um, and and Skip with an asterisk. For one, I hate when he does anything about Michael Jordan and LeBron, but more importantly, I hate when he gets into talking about my athlete's psyche. Um, get into what, what's in the athlete's head. And I really hate when sports people, like analysts do this, period. Like, you don't know what the hell's going on in their head. You don't know what their thought process is. You don't know what their preparation is. You don't know what they're falling back on. So, like, don't say, oh, he's mentally weak. You don't know that. Like, oh, he doesn't come through in the clutch. Maybe he doesn't. But there's probably a reason behind it. And it's probably bigger than, uh, he gets nervous. Like, maybe the motherfucker just missed a shot. Or maybe he just made a bad decision. Like, you don't know. So, to try to get in to these athletes' heads and stuff, I think it's so personal and it's so disrespectful. And, like, if you don't shut that shit off, like, it would, it, I could imagine, like, the toll that it takes on you. But, yeah, like, I, I it's one of my biggest pet peeves to hear, like, these people on TV try to break down the athlete psyche. Uh, but, shit, let me keep pressing along. Uh, KG and the Celtics, man, uh, he came, KG came on Bill Simmons' podcast. I thought he had some interesting stuff to say. Uh, he talked about um, LeBron and them. He talked about how they broke LeBron, you know, the, his five, you know, the three Hall of Famers, the fringe Hall of Famer, and the body and the body bag, the body man, Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins. Oh, yeah, we broke down LeBron. Yeah, the nigga was like 27 and was by himself. Good fucking, big fucking whoop, KG. You beat him. You teamed up. You talked about how he had to team up in Miami. Bro, you had to team up in Boston. You waived your no-trade clause after Ray Allen got there because they were trying to trade you before and you wouldn't go. You knew what it was. You weren't winning out West. You wanted to win, so you made a decision to win. You just let you just let it be dick, more so dictated to you. I mean, you used, your, you used the power that you had, and LeBron used the power that he had. He just had more power in this given the situation, so I don't, I don't see the issue with that. But what I liked that he talked about was he, he talked about um, he's still holding a grudge. And I respect that shit, the, the hate, because you know what, dog? I played against a kid in an all-star game, took a charge. They called, they, they, called a, they called a block, and I ended up fouling out. And to this day, I don't like that kid. He didn't do shit. He was playing a game. To this day, I don't like that kid. There's people who I've met play sports again. To this day, I don't like those motherfuckers for no reason outside of, like, the true nature of being a competitor. So, like, to hear KG talk about that shit, and he was like, yeah, it was respect, but they knew we didn't fuck with them. They didn't fuck with us, we didn't fuck with them, and it was all respect. Like, I love that shit. It was like, oh, yeah. He even talked about, like, when he had to interview D-Wade and shit, like, when he was working at TNT, how, like, they talked about some shit off... Off mic, but they ain't like all oh, hubby hubby. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, nah, fuck that nigga. So just to see that, like, that shit really like gave me a little, little uh, shiver down my spine. Um, just throwing this shit out there. Uh, if Urban Meyer goes to the NFL, it's just to prove that he's a better coach than Nick Saban because he thinks he's a better coach than Nick Saban. And he succeeded on the college level uh, in multiple stops. And if he goes to the pros, it'll only just to be to say, hey, I'm a better coach than Nick Saban because I actually proved that I could be great as a college coach and a NFL coach. I think that's his goal and his intent. Uh, lastly, I'm tired of the media, like, refusing to change narratives on people. Like, and I see it a lot with Jameis and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Like, 
both develop reputations for their personalities where Jameis is irresponsible, he makes bad decisions, he does dumb shit. I'm tired of hearing about the dumb shit that Jameis has done, right? He hasn't done anything since 2016. It came up in 2017, and he got suspended for it in 2018, but still in damn near 2020, we talk about Jameis' fuck-ups. He has some major fuck-ups, and some of the stuff that he was accused of doing that it was found that he did not do, those are terrible situations, and I don't know what he did. I'm not going to be the one who says he's innocent or guilty, but nonetheless, seeing that on his track record, I get why we... Oh, we say these things, but once somebody is proving that they make great decisions off the field, like, I think we have to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we got to stop, like, saying, oh, well, you know, back in 2013, man, people make mistakes when they're young and they're dumb, especially coming from smaller towns where some things may be socially acceptable in that setting that's not acceptable nationally. Give people time to grow. Same with Odell Beckham. Oh, he's a diva. He's just, he's, the man's been quiet all year. He has one running with a coach. We want to go crazy about that. Players argue with coaches. You don't even know what he was talking about. Because he may not even argue. He may have just been yelling passionately about something that was happening on the field. That shit happens. But to try to say all this different stuff about Odell, it's just not true. He's had some blow-ups on the side, on, on, on the sidelines. Okay, he had a, a, a bad interview. But his teammates love him. People say great things about him. And he's not the problem. And yes, his production isn't great this year, but there's a lot of things going on behind that. And lastly, uh, last point of this podcast, uh, LeBron and Kawhi are not rivals. Kawhi does not have the resume of LeBron. When Kawhi supposedly locked down LeBron, LeBron averaged 28, 8, and 4, some shit like that. Like, stop it. Stop it. Three MVPs, three finals MVPs, excuse me, four MVPs, three finals MVPs, you know, face of the league, Kawhi. I don't even know what the nigga face look like. Don't know what his voice sound like. Ha, 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 ha. Claw head ass nigga. Don't nobody want them new balance. But uh, I hope you all have a blessed and merry Christmas uh, and a happy new year. I should be getting back to you before the new year's. But if not, fuck your new year's resolution. Merry Christmas, nigga. Big baby. Ah.